Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Convocation this morning. As part of the Core Values Institute at Goshen College, we are invited every year to choose a particular one of the five core values to focus on for the year. And this year, as you know, we are focusing on the core value servant leadership. And we've done that through a variety of ways, through chapels and convocations, through some of the speakers that we've brought to campus, in our faculty and staff retreat, in leadership training for uh, different positions on campus, and many other ways we've been focusing on this theme, servant leadership. Now, in defining servant, that seems to be pretty easy for us, even if it's hard to live out. After all, it was back in 1906, the first president of Goshen College came up with the motto, culture for service. And we've been doing a pretty good job at service for quite a long time. Some 60,000 hours a year we put into service around this place in a variety of different forms and shapes. So service we've got down pretty well, I think. Uh, even if having bragged about that is probably not one of the things you do if you're a servant leader. So. Uh, sorry about that, but uh, service is something we are familiar with here at Goshen College. Now, when you juxtapose servant and leadership, or becoming leaders in service, shaping cultures, uh, whole cultures around ideas of servant service, service above self, it becomes a little bit more complex. Questions immediately arise, and some of the questions that I've had, some of the things that we'll be thinking about together with a wonderful panel I have here this morning, we'll be addressing, though not specifically, some of the following questions. For example, and we're not gonna answer these, these will, we'll be spending the rest of our lives uh, coming to terms with some of these questions, but do certain personality types or genetic predispositions or organizational charts have an advantage when it comes to producing a servant leader? In leading any organization, Tough calls have to be made for many good reasons, perhaps even the survival of the institution, for example. So then, the question comes to my mind, who might Jesus fire if he were the head of an organization? If servant leaders are to serve others above self or lay down their lives for others, what should an aid worker do with the last bundle of food in a sea of hungry children? Or the last vacant seat on a rescue plane when hundreds more need to be evacuated? Another question, does a particular religion or political party or denomination or nation, state, or profession hold a monopoly on whose members are more likely to be servant leaders? If not, why not? If so, why so? In what ways, if any, might entrepreneurs or successful business leaders like Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerman or Warren Buffett be considered servant leaders? Or is that even possible to consider them as such? Sixth, does one's culture make a difference in how one might define or understand the role of servant leader? Some cultures, it's appropriate to say Mr. and Mrs. and Sir and Ma'am. And in others, like at Goshen College, we just like to go by a first name basis. So, how does that work into our notions of servant leadership? And certainly there's greater questions around culture on that question as well. And last, would Jesus himself, were he to come back here today 
and listen to our panels, panelists, live up to the standard definitions and character traits we commonly use to describe a true servant leader. Today I'm delighted to have some wonderful servant leaders here with me to discuss uh, their perceptions from their own point of view and their own setting in life, what that term servant leader means to them. From the world of business, we have Professor Jonathan Geyser, international business in other places. From Goshen College's Mary Lee Environmental Center, we have the executive director, Luke Gosho. From the field of education, we have Professor Kathy Meyer Reimer. From the field of sports, we have Coach Gary Chupp. And from the direct, we have the Director of Multicultural Affairs from Student Life, the Reverend Odalette Nance. She's the only one up here besides me, I think, who's ordained. So she really has to come through for me. Uh, and then we also have the Assistant Dean of Students, Lana Rohr. And uh, each of these leaders could develop the theme extensively. We had a conversation, and any single one of them could spend 30 minutes describing what for them and how they apply this theme in their lives. Some powerful ways. But we've limited them to about three minutes each, and uh, after which I hope we'll have a little bit of time for conversation among us, and then I'll summarize at the end. We'll have a few practical ways we can serve one another in the coming years. So uh, with that, uh, let's begin. Jonathan. Okay, I'd like to start out by talking about a concept called uh, leadership gardening. And hopefully the meaning of this will come through uh, as I speak. Now you've probably all heard the phrase, uh, he's a born leader or she's a born leader. But I think this misrepresents um, what a leader is and how leaders arise. Um, although there are certain <coughs> uh, characteristics and uh, natural born talents that help in leadership, Leadership, uh, or leaders are not born. They develop over time and in an environmental context. Um, it normally takes a significant amount of time and effort and energy, experience and hard lessons uh, to become an effective leader. And, and that's even for the fast learners. I'd like to illustrate this with a story about a recent GC grad uh, and we're not going to use uh, his name. Uh, he's no longer here, but uh, we'll, we'll keep his name. We'll call him Richard. Uh, Richard came to Goshen College years ago, uh, not so many years ago, and he was an average student. Uh, he wasn't a straight-A student or anything, but he was very personable. He had a lot of natural talents, and he was hired uh, at Java Junction as a barista, um, a as a freshman. And he was not a very reliable worker at first. Uh, and he made a lot of mistakes, and his performance was, well, we'll call it mediocre. Uh, and eventually, he was fired for sleeping on the job. Now, not the first time, the second time he was caught sleeping on the job. Now, we can all imagine that he might have been up, uh, you know, pulling an all-nighter to study for one of those fierce financial uh, accounting exams, uh, but uh, whatever it was, uh, he was sleeping on the job and got himself fired. But, uh, needless to say, he was, he was disappointed, but he didn't give up. And his professors and his peers didn't give up on him either. And over the following years at Goshen College, um, he learned how to focus on his work, uh, he developed his skill sets uh, and his confidence, and he learned to collaborate with others on group projects, and he matured. 
And by his senior year, uh, he rejoined Java Junction, but this time on the management team. And he served for two semesters, and he did a great job. Uh, you'd think he was a born leader, but we know better. <laughs> he was great uh, with employees and customers. Uh, he had a wonderful sense of perspective. He saw the big picture and how all the challenges of every day fit into that. He had a good approach to decision-making, and he just exuded confidence and trust. He was a leader. And when he left Goshen College, he got a job in an accounting firm, worked for a number of years, and eventually started his own business, and he's running his own business today. Now, the point I want to make here is that leadership takes time to develop. It needs to be coached, cultivated, and nurtured. Uh, we like to think of ourselves here at GC as a leadership garden, where we provide a fertile environment for personal growth, constructive engagement by dedicated and caring cultivators, uh, and empowering opportunities for establishing firm roots as the next generation of future leaders. So welcome to our garden. John, John, I realize a lot of people would think that I would be the one talking about gardening, but I'm going on a different theme uh, today. And it's exciting for me to reflect back over the last uh, over 35 years that I've been involved in professional leadership, which is kind of amazing for me to recognize. And then as we were having conversation thinking about, well, how does that emerge? And it is a gardening process as John has described, and it's true in my own life. I remember uh, in 1974 when I was finishing my undergraduate degree, during that spring semester, I was uh, finishing education courses. I had an undergraduate degree in biology that I was completing, as well as these education courses. But I also finished four years of doing collegiate level wrestling, varsity wrestling. And I remember riding my bike back from the gymnasium like the last, after the last practice and thought, now, why did I do all of that? What was that for? And it was in that bike ride that I recall thinking of, well, I'm not going to wrestle for the rest of my life. But there are certain skills of leadership that I learned as a, a, one of the, the co-captains of the team for the last two years, the mentoring by my coach, and all of those things provided a foundation for some future opportunities, and I thought I could cross-apply those. But I was also looking for a job. I wanted a position in biology education, and I discovered a school that needed a biology teacher, but when I talked with the board chair, they said, well, we would also like you to be the principal of this first through 12th grade private Christian school. And being young and naive, I said, well, I'll think about that. But I went and talked to my education professor, someone in the position that Kathy is in, and he said, yeah, I think you could do that, Luke. And that was all that I needed to say, okay, I will give it a try. And I took that position at age 21. I became principal of a school. It's a little bizarre, I realize. Uh, just five years before, I was being handed a high school diploma, and then I was handing one out. That, that was a pretty great experience. But what I realized was that opened a door of opportunity for me, and I ended up being the principal of that school for 20 years and learned many things and continued to sharpen my leadership skills through professional training and a master's and doctoral program, as well as the many other experiences. 
So I am grateful for that and would say to you that as you look at various ways to serve through leadership, that you seize the opportunities that come to you and explore and adapt in, in a variety of ways. With the graduate students, I teach a course in leadership, and two of the themes that we spend a lot of time talking about are understanding self-awareness, understanding who we are, and secondly, self-management. And I think those are two key things that have been helpful to me and will be helpful to you in leadership as well. series of quick vignettes from education students from just this past year alone suggest how they have taken on areas of servant leadership that I think are important. One of our courses required that each class member have an experience with tutoring. One option was helping struggling readers in a, or struggling students in an area middle school. One student who had already completed her tutoring requirement volunteered to go two days a week through the whole semester just to help students there because she knew they needed it. One of our courses included organize a family math night for students who may not have had a lot of opportunity to interact with their families around math concepts and numeracy. During her student teaching, she realized that her school had nothing like that where she was that could involve parents and students working together. So she started working on how she might organize a family math night in that context. Student teaching in high school a student realized he didn't know much about some of the cultures of the students he was teaching. He reached out to a group of students to learn to know them and their culture better so that he could have a better teaching relationship and also make his teaching more appropriate to them, more meaningful, more relevant, and as a way to increase not only their learning but his own. The weekend after she finished her student teaching placement in, in November, one student teaching's cooperating teacher had what we thought at the time was a heart attack, meaning she could not return to the classroom for a number of weeks. The student teacher moved back into the classroom, doing far more than a sub normally would be expected to do to make life manageable for both the teacher and the students who were in that classroom as they moved through that experience. A math education student has found herself tutoring her peers on campus here who've needed their help, her help, with their own math skills because she had some methodology that she thought would work well with them. What principle of servant leadership do all of these suggest to me? These are students who reach out, they step up, they see what's going on around them, they tune into the needs of people, and they find what resources they have themselves to fill the needs of others. Our students right here are leading in many of the communities in which they find themselves on campus and off each day. One of the things that, that I think I try to create um, on, our, on our basketball team is a, is a culture where our guys take ownership of their program. I don't want it to be a situation where it's my program. It's theirs, it's their team, I'm part of it but I want them to, to take ownership. And if I think about um, my coaching leadership style, I've probably done a 180 from when I first started coaching. Um, growing up in the state of Indiana, Bob Knight was the coaching legend that uh, a lot of coaches tried to emulate. Um, tended to be a bit autocratic. It was my way or the highway. You're gonna do it my way because I tell you to. And, and that's kind of how I was as a young coach. I, was, I had a lot of rules. Um, I gave my guys curfews when they had to be in bed. I had rules on 
the length of hair my guys could have. If you've seen our team play this year, you'll probably recognize that I no longer have that rule. Um, I think a fan from Finley summed that up best when we took the floor at Finley and, and, and I heard that comment that we look more like a California skateboarding team than we do a college basketball team. But, but one of the things that I always ask myself is, does, does something have a direct influence on our team? And if, and if that, that answer is no, then I give my guys a, a lot of voice in what, what we look like and, what, and what, how we go about doing things. And um, some very specific ways I try to give my guys that, that ownership of our team, um, I, I always let my guys have the last say. Coming out of a timeout, before a game, um, to start off practice, I'll say my piece, but then I want them as a team to set that tone. And some years that looks very different. Some years that's one guy who is our, who is our leader. Some years like this year, it's more leadership by committee where different guys have, have different things to say on, on different days. Um, academically, I have shifted from having a very specific um, study table session where I make my guys come in for a couple hours every week to more of a mentoring system where our guys kind of monitor each other, led by an upperclassman that, that has demonstrated um, that, that they understand time management, they understand what it takes in the classroom, and they are the ones influencing the younger guys. And I think that system has worked well. Um, so again, I, I, like, I want our guys to take ownership of their program, and I, and I think we, we've done that fairly well. Well, since Dr. Brenneman introduced me as the other reverend on the stage, I have to give you a scripture now, right? And the scripture I want to provide to you would be, love thy neighbor as thyself. And I learned this at a very young age. I was taught that I had a responsibility to give back to my community. At the young age of eight, I did not know I was being groomed to be a servant leader. I was organizing visits to nursing homes and even organizing fundraisers that benefited others in our community. It was just part of living in the African-American com community. We believed in serving each other. And I believe that we have that type of community here at Goshen College. Juana Bordes, one of our guest speakers who came here last year, described multicultural servant leadership as sharing of the soul of the community. In ethnic communities, a collaborative leadership model works to take care of others. There is a moral obligation to help others to succeed, and leaders work together on community causes, helping those in need, and even empowering people. Here at Goshen College, we have students in our leadership programs and student organizations who are working together to be servant leaders on and off campus. I want to highlight several of those programs. The Center for Interculture Teaching and Learning Leadership Program has a mentoring initiative in Goshen High School. And that mentoring program helps students understand and think about 
college through Goals for the Future and other programs. Last year, all of the Multicultural Affairs Office organizations, Black Student Union, International Student Club, and LSU, the Latino Student Union, joined together with other Goshen College student organizations, such as GSWA and PACS and so forth, and they hosted a community ice cream social. Even this past fall, a talent show and party helped welcome prospective students to our campus. Multicultural Affairs Office student leaders are currently preparing for the individuals club events, such as the International Coffee House, which will be held March 17th by your tickets. Uh, various organizations continue to raise awareness and funds for the Invisible Children Project. I even want to introduce you to, if you haven't heard about the men of color group here on campus called SWAG, serving with all gifts. SWAG, along with the Black Student Union, has mentored students in elementary schools in our local area. And even this Friday, the Latino Student Union will be dancing with Chandler Elementary students at a Valentine's Day party. And they are currently selling carnations to raise funds for the medical clinic Center for Healing and Hope. And you might have heard about the Dreamers, who are currently bringing awareness to our immigration issues in the United States. So I would like to invite everyone here to invite these leaders to, I'm sorry, to join these leaders in creating a better world. I want to leave you with this last quote. It's one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Martin Luther King. And he simply stated that life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you going to do to serve others? Student leadership positions at Goshen College um, provide an opportunity for students not only to give back, but also to engage in their own learning. And I think we've heard a few of those examples already. The following video captures the reflections of this year's student leaders on what they have learned in their current roles at Goshen. What about leadership? Hear what student leaders are saying on the Goshen College campus. I learned that as a leader, I find myself constantly breaking out of comfort zones and needing to understand situations from others' perspectives. I learned the need for change creates the leader, not the movement. I learned there is energy that comes from collaborating and working as a part of a team for a specific goal. I learned a leader is not a superhuman. It is okay to ask for help. I learned that we need others, including God, who gives me so much strength when I felt that I wouldn't be able to go on. I've learned that part of my role is to work behind the scenes to maintain a healthy environment and a place where good things can happen. I learned that leading is also about listening to the needs of others. I learned leading as a middle person is often an overlooked and thankless job that requires one to be versatile and wear many hats. It's an essential and integral leadership qualification. Be ready to work and take initiative when needed. 
I learned to use others' strengths and unique attributes that each person has to create a positive impact. I learned how to relate to people better and how to be more effective in leading a team towards a common goal. I learned that leadership is certainly action rather than a position, and that action is love. A leader plans, organizes, counsels, and mediates, but most importantly, a leader loves those he or she is leading. I learned that when individuals move beyond themselves and their own self-interests, that is when both movements and leaders are born. Now in the words of Comins and Wagner, leadership is a purposeful, collaborative, values-based process that results in positive change. At Goshen College, we are blessed with talented leaders who give of themselves to make our campus and our world a better place, whether down the hall or building a Habitat House for Eddie. So too can each of you lead by making a difference. We can make a difference, and we can use the ser servant leadership gifts that we have been given to make a positive change around us. We're, while we're doing this, we're also developing valuable skills that we can utilize in our careers. In an annual survey, employers were asked what experiences they were looking for in, our, in their candidates. Of course, they were interested in their major and what content area they had studied and also their GPA. But beyond that, they were interested in the following things. They want to know, has a college graduate held a leadership position on campus? What co-curricular activities have they participated in? Clubs, sports, student senate, et cetera and did they participate in volunteer work. This level of engagement demonstrates that you have a better chance of being able to do the top three things that employers want in a college graduate. The ability to work in a team structure, the ability to verbally communicate with people inside and outside the organization, and the ability to make decisions and solve problems. So bottom line is that leadership matters. We invite you to consider the student leadership positions available to you for 2012-13. There are multiple ways for you to be involved next year. And these areas noted on the screen are um, seeking students who are willing to risk of themselves to serve and to lead and uh, for next year. Odalette Nance and I are can visit with any of you who might have interest following the convocation today. You can also check out the campus communicator for um, people to talk to in these different areas or links to make your application. Well, th uh, thank you, panel. We have a few minutes uh, remaining. I would be interested in hearing from you all what uh, did you hear from one another? What things might have stuck out? What questions remain for you? And I can follow up with other questions as well, but maybe you have a question or two to ask one another. So, so a question I ask of you, Gary, what, what helped you make a switch in how you looked at leadership as you described it? Um, that's a good question. I, um, Experience. I, I had I had a team three or four years into my coaching, 
that had some very strong personality types on that team. And they, and they through, through dialogue with me, they made it clear they wanted more of a say in, in, in things that, that went on with our team. Um, and it was hard for me to do that because you're giving up control. Um, but I also saw how successful that was done the right way with, with good, strong student leaders. wrestling, I recognized that my coach was not following Bobby Knight, and that was helpful, so he was more of a servant leader model to me right. as well. But there are those moments on the, when you're out, when triage has to happen. <laughs> you're either in an emergency room in a hospital, you're a nurse, or you're a coach on the basketball court, and you have to make very quick, decisive decisions. And how does a servant leader do that? We go into a timeout, for example, we're not going to have a 12-person discussion on what play we're going to run. So there, there absolutely is time when I make a decision, and I hope everybody gets behind that. Um, but just the culture that you create in a team construct where you want everybody on the same page, and yet you want them to be individuals and to have ownership is a, is a balance that's hard to strike sometimes. I love the idea of leadership gardening that you talked about, or the idea that leadership is a process, not a goal, so that we're all in the process of developing leader skills. So was there a time in your, your own leadership in which you uh, emulated, emulating, let's say, Christ, the ultimate servant leader, but where you emulated Christ, or emulating Christ proved to be helpful, and or made the decisions or the way you respond or acted more difficult? Um, yeah, I, I guess in comparing to how Jesus uh, interacted with his disciples, uh, I've been in a situation where um, I tend to be a control person. I like to be in control. And it was a challenge for me over time to... Uh, see potential in others and say, I don't have to do it all. I can, uh, I can involve others and through a caring relationship with them, we can form a team with complementary skills and that people can rise to the challenge. As challenges arise, they can. I think Jesus saw potential. He, he took a, a, a group of uh, fishermen and, and uh, kind of uh, outcasts or lower in their society ranks and, and saw the incredible potential in these people and uh, entrusted them, engaged with them, and empowered them to do uh, incredible things. And uh, we can do the same. You know, it, it, it involves uh, uh, shifting from that individual I to the collective we and uh, seeing the potential in people. And in my experience, I feel like Christ has been that center for me to reflect on, not that I model Christ perfectly, but to, to recognize that role and understand that I'm called to, to serve out of that model. And even as John is saying, you know, Christ called all of his disciples to follow, but they each had different roles that they would fulfill. And so working out of our strengths is a, is a key and, and doing that with integrity, which again is a Christ-based principle. I guess I keep imagining the vision of um, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. 
And that just modeled to me the fact that we are supposed to serve those who we lead. And when you look at a collaborative model in doing that, you are looking at the gifts that each person brings to the table and make sure that you are the organizer, but at the same time, uh, people around that table who have gifts may be able to share and to provide uh, a voice that sometimes is marginalized and you wanna make sure that those voices are heard. And that's what Jesus did. Any, any last thoughts that you all would, are just dying to share and or not, that is not dying to share, but would other thoughts you have? One of the things uh, at the end, you heard both Odalette um, uh, and Lana uh, giving options for you to be involved. And to me, that is a really critical piece. I was just meeting with a person recently graduated from Goshen College right before Convo. And she asked something that I missed out on or felt would have been helpful in my undergraduate experience. And I recognize that at that point, we didn't focus as much on these kinds of opportunities. There were the opportunities that we had. But th these are great places for you to test ideas, ways of functioning and relating, and do that with mentoring uh, advisors at the same time. Well, the, the well is very deep when it comes to thinking about this question about what it means to be a servant leader. Uh, I hope that we will drink from that well for the rest of our lives and learn along the way. I know in my own life, um, there were many people along the way who influenced me and uh, prodded me, tapped me on the shoulder, corrected me, guided me in the way, uh, in the direction that sometimes that they thought I should go, sometimes I listened, sometimes I didn't. But nevertheless, I hope that all of us have received from the panelists, thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning and sharing with us a little bit the tip of uh, uh, an iceberg as to what uh, it means to be servant leaders in this very complex world that we live in. By way of summary, if I had to just identify two points as we leave, uh, true leadership, servant leadership involves both a disposition to serve and the choice to lead. And I got that really from Robert Greenleaf who brought those two uh, words together, servant leadership in, in his business model, and he said it begins with the natural feeling that one wants to serve, to serve first, then conscious choice brings one to aspire to lead. And finally, and lastly, I know that following Christ in life on this question of servant leadership is critical, is important as we go forward, as we think about what it means. and. Um, Christ sometimes calls us to turn standard definitions of leadership and practices upside down. And uh, where the last is first, the weak are made strong, and leaders serve others above self. The way Jesus put it, I am here among you as one who serves. No better example than that. So go and be servant leaders as you go throughout the day. Thank you for coming.